Episode number six, the Return of the Jedi uh, episode here. I am Kevin Pillow, and uh, welcome to. Uh, well, what are we? Are we, yes. we PS Comics, I love you. The Untitled, whatever yep. it is. It, we're, we're we decided off the air. We are just we're sticking to what we know best, and that is don't format us. Just just shoot from the hip and and just go with it. Yeah. Again, I'm Kevin Pillow. The Voice of Reason, you can find me on all social media accounts at Voice of Reason 23. Somewhere along mm-hmm. here is uh, my handle. The man on screen right now to my left, but probably could be to my right when I edit this. Possibly, uh, yeah. Is The Dark King, J.R. J.R. Kabakungan. Kabakungan. And he is at also not J.R. Comics 42. 42, yeah. I got to ask you the 42. Going a little Jackie Robinson or just uh actually it's it's an old like uh thing 42 is my favorite number and so 42 in japanese is this is how weird i was dude like back in like high school like 42 in 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 hiragana or katakana is basically like japanese figures right when you put them together it means death <laughs> and so <laughs> i was a very emo kid back in the day and so like yeah i like 42 so that's my handle for most things. So. Well, the 23 for me is my favorite number. And no, it's not has nothing to do with Michael Jordan. It actually has a lot to do nice. with a, a forgotten baseball player. Kurt Gibson played, uh, played the outfield for the Dodgers. He was the, of course, famous home run in 1988, but just has been a hero of mine. Mm-hmm. And what irritated me as I've been a fan of the number 23 since, like I said, like 1988 and Everyone goes, oh, because of Michael Jordan. I'm like, yes, I did wear 23 in basketball. And, yes, I did want Michael mm-hmm. Jordan to sign my bas- my high school basketball picture. But I, the 23 originated not as a, a tribute to Michael Jordan, um, which is funny nowadays. Because um, for those who don't know, I used to do a high school radio show. Um, a lot of kids that I talked to, didn't matter what sport, a lot of coaches would not let kids choose number 23 you couldn't choose number one and you couldn't choose number 23 nope. doesn't matter if it was baseball because of michael jordan nope. but that was not my my origin story for 23 um today's episode gonna go with the good the bad and the ugly of comic series and yeah. a, about once a year um comic books really kind of try to uh reel you back in with a big epic or a big uh, uh, kind of like a big crossover event or, or mm-hmm. whatnot. Now we of course have seen this in the movies as well. We would see, you know, yeah. an Iron Man, an incredible Hulk, Iron Man two, Thor, Captain Marvel, Captain America, those being the little comic book issues. And then we would see the Avengers or we would see age of Ultron or in game or whatever. And comic books do that. Some of them are good. Some of them are really bad. And uh, <laughs> some of them are just plain, plain ugly, but uh, that's what we're going to talk about. And uh, yep. in the interest of fairness, and I think that you have a little bit more depth recently with comic book collecting and, and whatnot, I thought we'd let uh, the big guy, JR, kick things off. And <laughs> I think we should just get it out of the way, get that okay. bad taste out of our mouth, and go with some, like, pick a series that just go, ooh. Uh man they hit them they missed the mark on that one okay 
Okay. Jared's um, like, ooh, I'm up for the challenge. <laughs> I no, no, yeah, definitely. Um, this is I can't say controversial, but more so just like um like people like it, people don't, I guess, right? The people on this topic were like, for me, the last couple of years of dance loss run of Maze Spider Man. The whole thing. Like maybe up to um like ever since Peter got his body back mm-hmm. and out of nowhere millionaire. From that point to when to when he left, I'm like, uh. <laughs> like it's crazy because we we went we go from this kid who's basically was supposed to be a resemblance of us when we were younger. You know, you're yeah. young, coming, trying to figure out life the way you know that's that Spider Man has been doing, yeah. and you know has this job where he's old, where he's living day by day, he's living paycheck to paycheck, and he's you know trying to be a superhero in that in all those regards and doing these great things, and now you know. You got Doc Ock taking over his body, which was a pretty good series, honestly. But by the way, he takes he takes over his body, and then Peter takes back his body, and now he's a millionaire, or a billionaire, and like he's given all these things and all these necessities. And and the and the person that we saw when I that I saw when I was younger and that I try attribute my life not my life to but I trip I seen a lot of things in for myself. Like I can't relate anymore, dude. This dude has like these you know really rich freaking problems, man. Like oh. He still he still has freaking Mary Jane by his side as a secretary. I'm like, this is very Tony Stark. To me, it felt like, okay, this is they're trying to they're trying to resemble they're trying to make Spider Man Tony Stark before they did it in Marvel movies. That was what it felt like to me. And the best thing from that from that whole kind of series was basically the Spider Man Deadpool spinoff slash like you know team up series. Oh, good for me that was. It was so good because, like, we, this was this was the Spidey that I knew. He didn't have these problems. He just wanted to have fun, be you know, be quirky, be have all these quips. And then we, we when you have the clone, the the clone series saga that happened like two years ago, and you have all these other things with Mockingjay. I'm like, this isn't like this isn't the Peter that I know. And it was just the writing felt like Dan Slott was already on his way out. And so he just wrote whatever, and it all accumulated into, into Spider-Man, Amazing Spider-Man 800, where it was just, it wasn't great, man. Like, the build-up to everything, thinking like, oh, you know, well, we might have someone die. We might have Mary Jane die. We might have this build-up to, like, we might have some key characters that, you know, Dan Slott was hinting at, or, you know, when it's safe and stuff. And like, you know, prior prior, um, prior issues before that, like, I think in 792, where, um, or, no, 790-something, or the hint that Mary Jane might be going away because it's a centennial, you know, it's a centennial comic and that we're going to have some, you know, we're going to have some consequences. Lo and behold, guess who dies? Flash Thompson. So, like, throw away, like, I don't know if it's Marvel or the writers that, that don't want to take that step of like, okay, you want to make this, make this serious then with this big buildup? Let's have so and so die, like someone pivotal in in the series. That's like, like their go to. Yeah, that was used to be, but now like Flash Thompson, Flash Thompson did hasn't done anything in, like two couple years now, right? They brought him back for that, and I'm thinking like, okay, uh, maybe Venom, uh, maybe you can have freaking Eddie Brock because I think this was pre, this was pre uh, DC run, uh, pre Donny Cates run, right? Yeah. Something like maybe maybe that or something, but no. It was a uh, Norman Osborn, Carnage, killing—not killing, but like you know, having the death of um, of uh, Flash Thompson. I'm like, uh, okay, this isn't that great. Build up, build up, build up, and then kind of like wah wah. 
Yeah, man. You got one? I got another one, but uh, well, that no, one's to, for me. To, to piggyback kind of on what you were talking about, because it really threw me for a loop, because again, this is why I wanted JR to kind of uh, to kind of kick things off on, on, the, on the hate train. I don't want to call it the hate train, but that, that's what people are going to say. Um, is I, I didn't get into the Spider-Man side of things until probably after 800. So I really didn't yeah. get to hear, but I did pick up on a lot of people saying like, oh, Dan Slott's an amazing writer. He's doing a great job on Spider-Man. But I never got the whole point of, yeah, Peter, regardless of what age he was, whether he was a teenager, you know, 12, 13, 14, whatever years old, with these original yeah. powers back when the start of the series started back in the sixties and the seventies to having to, you know, Oh, decide on, you know, whether it be living the life of Spider-Man or, or, or have the girl marry Jane or whatever it was. He had, like I said, <clears throat> he had problems like us. I never yeah. understood making him the millionaire and I didn't get introduced into millionaire, um, uh, Peter Parker until, um, reading John uh, Brian Michael Bendis's run. And this is not my, 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 uh, my hate train one pick, but, um, um, I was reading invincible Iron Man volume number two, which came out in like 2015, 2016. And Bendis was writing yeah. it because it was a tie in. Some of it was tied, yeah. tied into civil war two. And that, yeah. all of a sudden, like Parker industries is taking over Stark. Um, there was no Peter yeah. Yeah, Parker industries taking over Stark industries. And it's like, wait, what? When does Peter Parker have more money than Tony Stark? Mm -hmm. That's that's in next to impossible. And I just I never understood that part. And um, it did make for an yeah. interesting run. That that run for by Bendis. I'm not, a, and people will know through this podcast that I'm not a gigantic Brian Michael Bendis fan. Um, oh, but yeah. <clears throat> he did do a, a really good uh, run on that Invincible Iron Man. But what I will do is uh, is I will go take us back a little bit into time. And let me see if I can find it here on, I'm trying to get my notes on my uh, CLZ collection. And uh, <laughs> one of the, the series, cause um, Marvel really went on a run in the uh, gosh darn, like the um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like the early two thousands, late nineties, early two thousands, and had some great runs. Um, kind of all mixed together was like they had uh, the original Civil War, they had yep. House of M, uh, mm -hmm. uh, a, uh, right. a, a, uh, Avengers versus X Men. But one of the ones that really people kind of talked up, and I should have read a little bit more into what people were talking about it, was was just that House of M. Um, and of course yeah. that is talking about kind of the, um, the, um, I can't, it's like the evolution and kind of the demise of mutants in, mm -hmm. uh, in the current time. And it was just, I, I wish I could get more in depth into why, you know, the writer, the artwork, the artwork actually was really, really good. The writing was just so all over the place it was very inconsistent yeah. um it was yep. a lot of it almost was like you take quentin tarantino and how he writes and directs a movie that it kind of jumps all over the place but a quentin yep. tarantino movie can make sense when it does that even though it'll jump around in time and space this just was so confusing so um incon like I said, inconsistent is about the only word i can really describe it and really and truly, it just led up to the only thing of any value that came out of the series was um, you know, Scarlet Witch basically losing it, 
yeah. and kind of like a la Thanos, kind of snapping existence, snapping mutant existence out of uh, mm. out of the world, and uh, led to I think, if I'm not mistaken, House of M came before Avengers versus X Men, or I, I can never remember I the think, timeline. I don't recall. Yeah, I, don't, I just know that um that no no she House of M came before. Yeah, I came before um, she said no more mutants. And so it was all because what well, for just reference, it was all because, you know, her, her relationship with the, with the vision was kind of destroyed. Her kids that she thought she yeah. had weren't kids. And so she had this mental breakdown and, and there, I understood some parts of it where there, it was so jumbled up because it was supposed to be some play on like, you know, her mental state, but like, it wasn't really drawn out as well. You no, know, it wasn't. Not just not just on not just on paper, but like just more so like it wasn't. It, there was only things you had to. You, there was so at the time there were so many other comic books you had to get to kind of get the whole story, and so like that's gonna be another point for me for another one soon. But yeah, it was it was it was the only pivotal thing for me in that one was that you should have no mutants, and then a, a huge huge part of the um of mutant population was just severely just be powered and say oh yeah that was yeah the the um the result of that was good was cool you know they had to do this yeah. whole um they had to do they had to depower everybody because you know you had you can't have like you know x-man which is um <clears throat> nate gray running around you know around running around san francisco just like fucking changing oh sorry <laughs> changing you know changing the uh the place around him and because of his powers and stuff so like i i get that but like it was just it the was way poor- it was done is yeah, but. The idea was okay, and I think it was one of those situations where they put the endpoint like this is where we need to get to, which is not a bad way of writing in some yeah. cases because we know like even like, yeah. and 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 go with me on this one, it's a lot of what wrestling uses for storylines nowadays. What pro wrestling yeah. uses is they they, they want to get to this end game. How do we <clears> get here? And how do we sprinkle in the, uh, the 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 sizzle in between to get to that steak? And yeah. um it was just poorly executed. Um, and uh, I'd have to do a little bit more research. I forgot who the writer was, but it was, you could tell like there was talent there. It just wasn't executed properly, but house of M vital to the early two thousands, uh, mythos of Marvel. It really ties in to civil war, AVX, um, and other Mm -hmm. storylines in that time. And really does eventually lead to the, current slate um which i'm it'll get to uh, a little bit but uh, i don't know jr you could take us down the next road you want to go uh whether you want to go positive or negative or where you want to go can you do a little bit of both go for it like there there's one the the it's a major net negative but like there's a positive because uh in it because there was a storyline that they should have like actually hit that wasn't talked about and pissed me off i'm talking about civil war number two okay you beat civil- me to it so you and I were agreeing on yeah, this let's one. Do this. <laughs> let's do this one. Let's do this one right here. All, All right, right. So Civil War number two uh, was Brian, just Brian Hernandez. Michael Bendis. <laughs> Brian Michael Bendis did the whole story. Did I think it was only like, I think six issues or maybe a little uh, more than that. I'm, six or seven. And let me just drag it up. But yeah, um, it was, uh, oh my gosh, Brian Michael Bendis. Like, it feels like they're just throwing him money because like, hey, we need a, we need a, we need a comic book done to go in, to coincide with the movie that's coming out. Exactly. No, that summer, I felt very much that. Like that's the thing that I hate that Marvel's been doing lately. Where like they they drop everything so it coincides with the movie that comes after that comes with it. Yeah. I'm like, yo, you're just destroying. 
you're just destroying, you know, good writing from all these other books that now have to do, you know, the, the tie-in type of thing. And yeah. so uh, it, would, it was actually, and, and you're not wrong. Um, let me add some context to this was yeah. that civil war originally much like it's pre uh, and I'll bring up volume one, which will yeah. uh, just spoiler alert. We will talk about, um, mm -hmm. Civil War number one was a seven issue series. Now I think that Civil War number one also was supposed to originally be a six part issue, but was expanded yeah. by one book. Civil War number yeah. two was originally always advertised previews and everything. It was going to be a six issue book. Something yeah. happened in the, uh, during the, um, the writing of the book. I cannot remember what happened, but they kind of, I don't know if they paused it or, they and, and they said, okay, what we're going to do is we're going to pause here, re kind of redo, rethink the ending to this story. And I think it had something to do with one of the writers or one of the artists leaving. Maybe that's what it was, but they paused yeah. it and said, Hey, we're not, we, we're not going to get this story done in six issues. What, you know, yeah. what, and they, I remember writers talking about how they were having to write from home. I think there was a, I think one of the artists was like, they had just had a baby and was having to yeah. do everything from home. So, um, and this, and ad, actually it was funny is you'd normally say that eight adding two issues would be kind of a safety net. No, in this case it wasn't, it was yeah. uh, a hindrance, but yeah, you were right. It was originally supposed to be six issues. It actually ended up going to eight, nine that, counting issue number zero. Yeah, that's right. It was, um, and not only that, but like originally too, it was supposed to be another cap versus Iron Man in this take. But this is, uh, but because this was after Cap said Hail Hydra, yeah, was, he was not in that mix anymore. And so overall, I get the storyline, but it's very like it's been done before, yeah, and to a much better degree. They even it's funny because like in one of the uh, one of the spinoffs, one of the spinoffs to this one, I think it was either like I think Civil War, um, Civil War Choosing Sides, one of those issues. One of the characters says it's basically like minority report that one movie with tom cruise someone yeah. in the comics says that right I'm like yeah it basically is and just how it was cool i mean it was drawn beautifully some of the covers were really good and yeah i'll bring those up right now yeah it looked really good it's just that like it was very overblown like it, it took a long time for them to get going for me like it, the first two three issues was basically tony and was basically tony and 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 um Tony and Dan with Carol just kind of arguing over semantics. And that was the main issue. Like, is it, was it a, is it a, um, a moral decision, right? Who can, who can say this, you know, who can say you need to be punished for a crime that you didn't commit yet. Right. And I get that. I understand that. It's just that the way you, you can't go four or five issues, right. And then kill off the Hulk. Yeah. You know? You can't go four or five issues in and then, no, no, three issues in and just kill off, you know, Bruce Banner and say that he's actually dead. And this should tell and, you right here, this is the same creative team that brought you to House of M. So <laughs> we yeah, think we have similar I gripes. Mean, <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, the good thing about this though was the stories around it for me. One of the most beautiful and poignant storytelling that I've seen that come from this was, um, was, um, I forget who I forget who the Hulk was. It was Amadeus, it was Amadeus Cho, and I was reading a little bit of his his story before that, right before yeah. uh, Civil War Two came out, and it was your typical like oh kid who's you know genius kid who's trying to figure out his way as the Hulk, right? But he's a lot more he's a lot more boastful. He's a lot more you know 
um, prideful and all that stuff. Cool. Then the story hits where where Tony dies, and the and the shift and the shift and change is totally different, right? The comic look, the, the look of the comic is much different. The um the art style is much different, and it was a very poignant story for me. Because like it was basically the kid saw Bruce as as an equal, as a friend, as a confidant. He was the Hulk, and uh, Bruce was the Hulk, and and Nomad was like, no, you know what? I'm gonna help you cure that, right? I want to cure that. I'm gonna take it in for myself. And then he just found out that his friend is dead, his best friend. And so you have the story where Carol then, uh, he's staying in a, um, Amadeus is staying with his sister and they're in a hotel somewhere off in the United States, right? Carol, go vis- Carol goes to visit him, right? Because he, she needs to visit the Hulk, right? Because he sees that, you know, that his best friend just died. And so you see this kid goes to his front door and Carol Dam is right there asking how he is. He goes, you killed my best friend. How do you think I feel? And then out of nowhere, these, just a huge storm of like troopers from side to side, look at him, pointing guns at him. He sees, it was just so beautifully done. I'm like, we needed this in the book, right? That was, it was to me, I, I which one it was it? It was a, uh, dang it. I forgot the book name. Like it was the whole, it was a Hulk book. Was that number th- showing it. Was it number three or is it? Or th- is, let me see. I think I just saw it. Was it was a tie-in. Yeah, oh, it was, it was the tie-ins. tie-ins. Oh, um, it was a tie-in book that, that oh, went with my, it. it. Yeah, it was like it was Incredible Hulk, no. I think. Oh, it was an Incredible Hulk book. Okay, because I know that they yeah. had um, there were was it at uh, Kingpin? No, there was. Um, guy, I, I had it. But, yeah, yeah, but yeah, I'll just, I'll put it out some, but like that one, that's that story specifically just really grabbed me. Let me try to find it right now, and. The art style from that, from just that one book, was amazing to me, and uh, that was cool. And another storyline that they should have freaking really touched upon during Civil War Two was that the second that Evil Cap, Hydra Cap, found out that uh, that 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 uh, the Inhumans have someone that can detect the future, he automatically thought, "All right, cool. Let me see how we can. Let me see how I can." can roll with this right because that if remember if people remember correctly during civil war two episode i think it was the first issue or second issue where they all have that party at the at at uh at tony's uh, tower yeah in in the uh in the in the tie-in for captain Mar- or for captain america right he had a strike team to there to kill everybody it was crazy like, like oh i do uh, remember like, that i just kind of forgot about that but yeah that was yeah yeah he had a he had a strike team waiting. It's like, all right, cool. This is a, this is our chance to basically take everyone out and we can you know take over. And then he found out that oh no, this kid can probably see this coming. So stand down. We'll see how this goes. And then from that point, he was then, which I love that the the artist no the writer who did this right. He was then um taking uh hold of every or or influence every situation that the kid might possibly go through. So everything that Carol Danvers was doing, right, was in was because of, was response to what the kid felt, which Captain America did. You know, that, oh, you know, this uh, this girl, and I think it was issue two or three, this girl who said who said to, you know, that she has a briefcase that can destroy the economy of, of America, of the United States. Yeah. That was through Captain America. He did that. And then the, and the captain, and then uh, Danvers basically arrested an innocent girl, an innocent woman. And it was because of Captain America. That was a better storyline to me. Like, oh snap! In this side story, Cap is basically kind of shadowing everything and seeing what Cap, like, how far can this kid really take this? Yeah. And I'm like, they should have done that storyline. The whole, the big bad in that movie and that whole thing was Captain 
was Captain America then because he was seeding everything in this. And that and did lead it, to uh, another storyline, which um, trust me, we're going to get to. Um, but yeah. just to, to fill in the blanks for, for JR, the kid that he's referring to is the inhuman Ulysses, um, yep. who I believe in the beginning of when there was a, I think it was in either an issue zero or it was a tie-in book. It may have been issue number zero where he is, he's a college student and he yep. is walking out of class and there is a pterogen, uh, a, a, a pterogen cloud uh, yep. that consumes him. He goes into pterogenesis, he comes out and he thinks he's an inhuman but, it, mm -hmm. but initially, it seems like no pterogenesis rejected him, that he wasn't really an inhuman. And then, yeah, his powers began to show, uh, kind of show themselves and that he has um, the ability to see the future. Yep. And to tie it in, um, if I'm not mistaken, I could have gotten the roles reversed, but um, I think it was Tony Stark wanted to use that to kind of um what's that that tom cruise movie wasn't it no, no. that was that was uh that wasn't tony that was uh that was carol carol that carol was wanted to use it to preemptive strike yep. um crime a lot of the movie i think yep. the movie was called time cop um back in like the no 90s. no it was a mi minority report the minority, minority report. report that was yeah. the tom cruise movie so they wanted to use that like you are under arrest for the future crime of whatever and tony stark was like no we can't we can't do that we can't be the judge jury and executioner and stuff like that. So it was an idea on paper. And like JR said, like a lot of really good other stories, stuff like that, but it became too convoluted. Um, yeah. I do know that uh, it inevitably would lead to um, a series that I was very excited for because I thought maybe it would kind of help clean up a little bit of the, um, of the, uh, uh, the, bad taste that civil war at first civil war two was like uh, it was the big first big series that i got into um mm -hmm. where i collected every issue um but civil war two would lead into a lot with like what jr said it with uh with hydra cap was it led into yeah. secret um oh my gosh secret, secret, empire. secret, empire. secret empire and yeah. which again started off hot ended with a fizzle um and they just kind of used it to kind of rewrite the world um secret empire um i'm just gonna throw this in here because again i think the artwork superseded <laughs> the uh yeah. the, the writing was a yeah. 10 issue series so it was almost like its own it wasn't even an yeah. event it was only it was almost its own run um yeah but what was really cool and I, i'm gonna bring up some of the artwork here real quick and i'm gonna again i'm gonna bring up the split screen here um yeah Oh, just to just say uh, the the issue I was talking about for um for Amadeus Cho yes was issue was issue nine totally awesome Hulk issue nine if you oh, okay. ever if anyone who reads that everyone who hears this dude check that issue out like actually read issue five and six and then no wait read issue seven and eight and then re, and then read issue nine dude and like, I will tell you this was, yeah totally but, awesome Hulk sorry totally awesome Hulk worth the read in general i would go and read yep. the totally awesome hall it was a good series but sorry that just kind of i wanted to throw that in there with you yeah um but just kind of i was going to show you a book um there okay right here um like i'll use this for example you got spider-man there with the hydra logo um secret empire real quick was hydra cap we inevitably find out spoiler alert he mm. it wasn't the real steve rogers it was kind of a 
I don't even know how to say it, but it, I got, I got. It, it technically here. Uh, just to point this out, uh, this part is Steve Rogers. It technically is Steve Rogers. Yeah. It's just that, like the um, the um, it's the Steve Rogers that we've known up to that point because when Steve Rogers back in before his run came out came to be, he was old. Steve, he was old man Steve Rogers, right? He, 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 and then yeah, he came he, to, yeah. He was old man Steve Rogers, and then he, the, he came into contact with the um a a anamorph not anamorph but like a human like a human developed like cube the cube that happens right yeah I forgot, I forgot. that cube became sentient and became an the cosmic cube version the, the cosmic, cosmic cube, cube right which yeah and then by the way movie fans is what the tesseract is kind of based on yeah yeah and so the cos- uh, so the cosmic cube turns into a little girl and then the little girl is um is being influenced by uh, influenced by um, what's his name, Red uh, Red Skull, Red Skull, to basically kind of mess with uh, Captain America, right? And oh, so I forgot about the brings, little girl. Yeah, yeah. When she brings back Captain America, right, to uh, to him being Captain America, right, not from old to young again, yeah. she kind of messed with his past. She messed with his past to the point like he was always a a a double agent, right? He went to he he grew up in a. Um, in a place where they trained Hydra agents and then he was going to assimilate into, into American culture and become the Captain America we know today. And it was, that's right. It was a hard, yeah. yeah. They really played with, yeah. Because people don't realize that. And this is the, this is where a lot of cap. um, And I mean, I just, just want to show that artwork. I want to tell a story real quick about Secret Empire, but you're right. To piggyback on what JR said, yeah, now I do remember the, the little girl. Um, they wanted to play on the fact that Steve Rogers, the blonde hair, blue eye, poster child, all American, whatever. But they also used it to tie in that he was the poster child for the Aryan race, which is kind of a tie in yep. to Nazi Germany. And in, if I'm not mistaken, in this, that same storyline where they messed with his past, he actually goes to an academy or goes to like a boarding school, I yep. believe in Germany right. with, mm-hmm. um, I cannot remember. Oh my gosh. Completely drew a blank. Johann Schmidt, uh, who would yeah, eventually yeah, become yeah. The, the, before he became the red school. Yeah. And it, no, it was, uh, yeah, go ahead. no, was it, was, was, was I right? Was it Johann Schmidt or was it somebody else? <sighs> it was someone like that where like he actually became friend. Like it was Baron. Oh, it was, was Baron, Baron Zemo. Zemo, right? Baron, yeah, Zemo Baron Zemo. You're Zemo. right. He went, yeah. it was, and then, like uh, it was crazy because um because it's uh, I understand people's you know um hesitation to to even you know think that Captain America could ever be Hydra yeah but like it's still Captain America it's the same yeah. it's the same story like if you know who's Superman you know if Superman was you know Red Sun Superman he's still Superman but he's just in Russia this is still Captain America but he's technically a Nazi right yeah. and like he has the ideals of it and so when Secret Empire came to be or even before that where during the end of the run of Captain America before Secret Empire he was like no we're going to just we're going to actually going to kill red uh, red skull we're going to you know, destroy all these people because they're not the ideals of what Hydra's supposed to be like the basically he's he's still Captain America it's just that he's a Hydra agent yeah. and his ideals still translate to that like wanting to be a pure you know, the ideals of Hydra, this was supposed to be, you know, all these things, all these good, great things. It's just that it was just from a fascist side of it. And and so when the ideal Captain America came back because of the girl, the Tesseract girl, right? She, uh, it, it's, it's so, it's, 
I can't. I still can't fat like put my head around it. Like I still need to reread it again. It's just like, oh yeah, cool. So she basically went in time or went back to memories, right? Saw this person with a big beard that we all saw an issue. I think six or seven. Oh, that's Steve Rogers. No, yeah. they're both Steve. They're both actually Steve Rogers. It's that literally is you know you flip a coin. The whole idea is like you flip a coin, you can be bad or good. It's just more so where you look, where your position at, where your POV is at right then at the mm-hmm. moment. That now, was the biggest thing. Like, but I was saying, and to kind of put uh, some context on the Secret Empire story, because I was going to say, just kind of segueing from Civil War II, which was primarily written by Brian Michael Bendis, uh, which I think was one of the last things he did before. Yep. I tell you, he had one last Jessica Jones run uh, before he yep. left in, to DC. Um, Nick Spencer is the man responsible for Secret Empire. And again, before you send your hate tweets to Nick Spencer, Nick Spencer is an amazing writer. He has some great stuff under his uh, under his belt. He, and yeah, he's currently on. He's currently in the, on. He's doing the run on Amazing Spider-Man, and in that after Nick's after uh, Dan Slott, he just took off. This is the Spider-Man that oh, I yeah. knew. Yeah, right. I was, great no, writer. Oh yeah, Nick Spencer is an amazing writer, and I God, I want to say I met him once at a Comic Con. But uh, Secret Empire, a lot of I will say this: what I do like about event books like Secret Empire and Civil War is it gives an opportunity to allow people like Marvel to put characters out there that don't get a lot of run. And one of the things that they do in secret empire is Hydra cap takes over Manhattan and puts it under like a very dark. And I don't mean literal, like, I mean, it was literally dark, but it was, it was a very, uh, um, I don't know how the best way to put it, but it almost kind of like to put a spell yeah. around Manhattan. Yeah, yeah. 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 It was a, and it took the combination of cloak and dagger to kind of move around yeah. some of the characters. And like dagger was like bringing the lone light to Manhattan. And I just thought it was kind of cool because I hadn't seen cloak and dagger, at least in books that mm-hmm. I had read since civil war one. And even then I was yeah. like, that was my first introduction. I, I had heard of cloak and dagger. Um, but that was my first real introduction to seeing them in, in character form um, since civil war one. And um, I, I just really enjoyed that part of uh, of Secret Empire. But <clears throat> it again, it was a series. I think that they I don't know if they had it in their mind when they uh, wrote Civil War Two and wrote uh, Captain America, St- uh, Steve Rogers. But yeah, it was their way of getting out of the Hydra cap. Yeah, I, I, it was for me. There were some parts of the book was really well done. Like um, what, what was it when um when i think after issue two were no after issue yeah issue two were i forgot who it was but you know cap this captain america was going to execute one of his friends right oh and like he keep on going back and forth to the cell saying just say you know hey hydra man you're, you'll be fine he didn't want this guy to die basically right yeah. and so when the higher ups of hydra was questioning captain america like you know where you're like where, what is your allegiance like right because of this guy and this guy you know this uh, i forgot which agent it was but no you're captain america you'll be fine you'll break out of this you know you're cap you're gonna, you know, whatever, whatever type of like, you know, mind control or whatever, you'll be fine. Be Captain America. You'll be, you'll save us, right? And it's yeah. just so, it hit, it hits on a different level because like you have someone who saw the greatness of who Cap was, and Cap understood that too, and he executed the guy. And I'm like, damn, that was good. That was like the, those small moments were really good. And then what's called them? It just it. 
for people who don't know, like for people who don't know the the uh, the scene in 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 the in Endgame where Cat yeah. picks up the where Cat picks up the uh, the hammer, that came from Civil War Two. No, no, that came from uh, from uh, from Secret Empire, last one, where they find out like you know if um, if Captain America, the idealized Captain America, came back, if he's worthy, he picks up horse, he picks up Thor's hammer and and proceeds to beat the living hell out of Hydra Cat, and so. That's when we figure out. That's the whole moment. Like, oh, okay, you know, this is Captain America. He's back. It fizzles, but at the same time, like, all right, cool. So that's where and, that came from. Now I will that's say where that. That's where the. From. Yeah. Well, I will say Go the good best thing that came out of the um, Captain America Steve Rogers run and the Secret Empire was another scene from Endgame, which was of course the uh, uh, the elevator scene where he picks yeah. up um, Loki scepter and he takes it away from Rumlow and um, Agent. Uh, uh, Oh, I can't think of the guy's name, but yeah, yeah, he yeah. leans in and whispers, Hail Hydra. <clears throat> I thought it was yeah. pretty funny. And it was when we went and saw the movie, and I think I've told the story before, when we went and told uh, the movie, um, we saw Endgame in the theater with Chick and everyone from the asylum. Uh, mm. I started, I was dying laughing and everyone kind of turned around and looked at me like, oh, there's Pillow. Like he's been waiting for this moment because I think I was like one of the only people that actually um, bought the uh, cap, or at least originally bought cap uh steve rogers off the shelf uh yeah originally and it was a good it was a good storyline um get off the, i guess we could get off the the hate train because really and truly like there's at least for me there are some bad yeah. runs out there like i'll throw yeah. like just i'll just I throw agree. some stuff out there um Same. like uh brian and again i'm not trying to hate on brian michael bendis but i will uh brian michael bendis's superman run in in dc terrible um i even as a superman fan wanted to i mean chick had a deal for me it was a six issue connecting cover the first six issues of, of superman that he did a uh, six issue connecting cover which i i'm a, I'm a sucker for all of them individually yeah. signed by michael ben brian michael bendis for only a hundred dollars and it was funny was chick I, I told her i wanted it and then when i when it when it was supposed to show up she goes oh i didn't order it because i didn't think you'd actually want that and i'm like no you're right i was gonna <laughs> tell you i hope you didn't order it <laughs> Yeah. But um some other stuff to throw out there. Um oh my goodness. Um Frankenstein. Go ahead. Oh, I, oh, I got one. Like okay. Frankenstein Frank Castle. Frankenstein Punisher. That just does not sound good. Uh, I mean, if you're into the if you're in it wasn't even the eighties though, it was like somewhere in like around the nineties, I think, or for something like that, somewhere yeah. similar. It it was very campy. I'm like, eh, it's not for me. Not for me, dude. No, that was that one was pretty bad for me, dude. But yeah, that was the kind of zany side. But like, that's not a, that's not what I expect from the Punisher. So there was there was, that. There was something that I I was collecting a a bunch of them, and I kept buying them and buying them. And then I finally went, mm, Nah, chick, cut it off like this. It's not getting any better, and I cannot. I can't even think of what it is now. It, it will come to me um yeah. but uh goodness gracious there was I a just... black yeah there was a black panther on a couple of years ago that i i wasn't i didn't really get into i mean i read a couple of it i forgot what it was though but then i was like nah that was that's not for me it was kind of what kind of whack for me um there was um a one that one that irritated me was the end of jane foster thor yeah it kind of it <clears throat> they kind of fizzled it, out it, but, it was the same thing for it was the same thing for me before it happened in either Civil War Two or um or Secret Empire where you're just like 
you have this buildup that happened, right? You have these, you have this character that is, is actually pretty well crafted now at this point, yeah. right? You have, you have a, a character who has a crucial illness, right? Where every time she turns to Thor, all the chemo is gone. So she has to start from zero over again. But at the same time, the, the cancer is way more, you know, way more aggressive every time she turns into Thor. And so Jason Aaron weaved the story of like having a, a literal sacrificial hero and how she, how she's still hated by Odin for taking over his son's power and the patriarchy fights and all that stuff. And like, no, I'm just Thor. And it was a great story. Her fight against, you know, her, the oncoming war against dark elves had happened. Yeah. And then, 705 happens after about six, seven issues of saying, of seeing this, this different, different look of like who Jane Foster is, right? Not Thor, but Jane Foster. We got Olnir now who's, who's, who is, um, who has sentient thought and, beca- and beca- it could become Thor or, or Jane Foster. Right. And they're talking to each other and all this stuff. And then you think like, Oh crap, they might kill off. They might kill her off. They might legit kill her off. This is interesting. I honestly thought they were going to. Yeah, 704, 703. I'm like, oh, these are big stakes. Oh, snap, Jason Aaron. These are big stakes. I get it. What happens in 705? You get to that point where like, oh, she might die. Then out of nowhere, you have this weird rant of Odin saying that it was you. You took my son's power. You did all these things. You were to blame for everything. But I forgive you because you did great. So I'm going to let you live. What? (laughs) What? And see, are you funny. serious, dude? And see, you're, you're I was gonna go because I like I said, mainly was gonna pick like actual like special event um, mm-hmm. stories, but I was gonna pick as as like a really good run for people to go out there and buy, especially get it now before it gets crazy expensive. Was I was going to pick Jason Aaron's run of Thor and Mighty Thor, and I think he did both. I'm trying to pull it yeah. up. He, um, yeah, he did a little bit of Thor. I think he did a little bit of the new Thor, right? But it's it, it just kind of irritated me. I'm like, yo, let her die. Let her pass on. Let her live a good life. Like she's lived a good life. Like let her do her thing. But like I understand, it was a point in time where you need they need more women heroes, yeah. right? So you can't kill off Thor. No. That's a political. That was it became a political thing, right? Where like, oh, you can't kill off Thor because. You know, oh, you, you don't want to be known as the the company that kills off the female, the first female Thor, right? During this whole movement for women, I this, get that. At the same time, the, that's not what the story called for. She she fought for everybody before herself, before giving to herself, and then you make her fight more. Hasn't she done enough of your ass? <laughs> Let her rest, dude. No, well, well, we'll give her chemo again. Well, do, at least heal her. You're 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 basically a skyfather. Heal her, dude. I honestly thought that's what they were gonna do, and to this day, Jane Foster continues to to uh, fight. Oh, uh, no spoilers. Stage four cancer. Um, oh god. But uh, yeah, I, I highly recommend Thor Volume Four, which is written by Jace, uh, Jason Aaron, and then of course Jason Aaron. Um, Jason Aaron, sorry. Um, and yep. then the Mighty Thor, <clears throat> which I think was yeah. I think it's Volume Two or Three. Um, yeah. If you're if you're going to organize it, also written by Jason Aaron, um, yep. to kind of She's throw in, to also kind of throw in there too is was really done in kind of an, a very um, underrated miniseries was 
it was Unworthy Thor Volume 1, also written by Jason Aaron, which I didn't know because I almost wanted to go in mm -hmm. kind of blind and just read it um, from <clears throat> going kind of uh, uh, um, kind of going like so going blind and kind of see it for what it was and don't go go in saying oh it's Jason Aaron so it's got to be good and either be let down or have blinders on and say oh yeah it was good and actually really sucked Unworthy Thor is a good read it's about five issues long and it tells you what uh, Thor Odinson is doing while he's unworthy and yeah. That was a good, um, that was good. that was actually a really freaking good storyline, dude. Oh, it was a great yeah. little miniseries and yeah. um, really worth it. So if I could throw in just a bundle real quick, again, uh, Mighty Thor. Um, I think it's number. Let me just double check. Um, Mighty, the Mighty Thor run, I think, was went like one through yeah. Like Mighty Thor, years, I think. yeah, Mighty Thor Volume Two. Uh, started in yeah. January of 2016, written by Jason Aaron. Um, then, of course, Thor Volume, what did I say, Volume 4, um, and yeah. then Unworthy Thor uh, Volume 1, all worth the read by Jason Aaron. Now, also, um, Jason Aaron is currently, or did the, the last Thor run, I believe, not, not Thor King, um, just mm -hmm. I think it was Thor Volume 5, which... Yeah. I kind of did I end up finishing it. I think I did. Um, I mean, there there's some good things. I like everything out of um out of um what was the what was the uh award out of everything out of World of Realms was was, was decent. World yeah. of Realms itself, like okay, for people who don't know, um, for people after after Jane Foster, she she came she comes out of it right, and she's now Valkyrie. She has her own run again now as Valkyrie. That was and, the book that I gave up on. Oh, I felt so yeah. bad. Valkyrie was yeah. not good. Yeah, yeah. It, it was. It felt like they're just trying to rush back female Thor again because you know Love and Thunder's coming out, so you gotta have Jane Foster back again. But then you know this is during a time where you know where people are harping on Marvel for basically kind of like kind not destroying stories, but like are are playing to politics, basically not politics, yeah. but like are playing to to a lot of like uh you know the perceived standards of today's society where you know you should have you know you know for every two or three run male runs you have you know you know main, main characters for males you should have you should have like five or six right yeah. that was a time where like we had like we had you know female we had um woman thor that's when we had black widow that's when we had captain like four runs of captain Mar captain marvel that was during this where um kamal khan again was miss america and so you have all these runs that was like, it was, it's good to have them, but at the same time, there's no actual story behind it because you have like Valkyrie, which it's supposed to be, it was, the idea is good. Yeah. Again, because you have, you have Jane Foster back, but like this, the story isn't, the story wasn't really. It just, it wasn't, it was rushed. Um, some of the artwork was really good, but uh, Valkyrie was, it was the one I was trying to think of that I, I kind of gave up on. Um, stories that I really enjoyed. Gonna jump into this go. a little bit. We'll get get on the positive note here. Um, I don't think a storyline, really and truly, in my opinion, when you go to an event book, gets any bigger than one of the all-time greatest uh, stories ever told, and that is the Infinity Gauntlet. Hmm. I mean, top to bottom, writing, artwork. I mean, the splash page, splash pages. Oh. 
iconic. Um, yeah. Infinity Gauntlet star, star, uh, started in July of 1991. It was written by Jim Starlin. Pencil yep. and uh, pencil work done by George Perez. Uh, cover art uh, on most of it is uh, George Perez. Um, Editor-in-chief at the time is Tom DeFalco. All these guys, um, you got Ian Laughlin, Jack Morelli. A lot of guys, these are huge Absolute, names. Yeah. Um, are huge Absolute names. Legend. Absolute, Absolute legend. legend. Rushmore level uh, of artwork. And I'll, let me bring up, for those of you who are unfamiliar, uh, you'll familiarize yourself real quick with um, mm -hmm. this legendary run while I tell you about a little bit about it. And uh, you can see it there, right, Jer? Yep, I can. Okay. So we start with boom right there. I mean, just it jumps out at you. The Mad Titan Thanos has his hands on the Infinity Gauntlet. This is what Infinity War and Endgame is loosely based on, where the Mad Titan wants to uh, basically rule the world um, and impress the living embodiment right there. You see it there, the living embodiment of death. He is infatuated. Right. Yep. He is in love with the physical embodiment of death, which is basically skull and bones. Um, infatuated. That's a, that's a, that's putting it lightly infatuated. He is, he is in love. And <laughs> oh God. side note, when the scene in, in the in infinity war where they go to Volmir and they have to obtain the soul stone in the movie infinity war, uh, which by the way, People get confused. Yes, there is a storyline. There's an actual book called Infinity War, um, which does inf involve the Infinity Gauntlet. And I believe, if I'm not mistaken, Infinity War preceded Infinity Gauntlet. Um, but I could be wrong on my storyline. But anyways, um, yeah. the, um, the, the scene where they go to Volmir to, uh, to obtain the, uh, the Soul Stone, when you see that floating kind of cloaked character i was like oh my gosh they are going to introduce death and then the huge swerve of having it be red skull was like oh my god like amazing um but again just show you some of the artwork familiarize yourself with infinity war some of the most iconic this arguably one of the the greatest covers ever um again another uh george perez cover i actually have this book signed george perez by the way could not be one of the cooler guys ever um nope. just a little just a little uh, little name drop flex on you uh but uh and again this right here i'll, I'll bring up this cover and to kind of tell you about, oh yeah to kind of tell you a little bit about what infinity gauntlet is again uh, Thanos, the Mad Titan, wants to wants to impress the love of his life, the man he is uh, again. He's infatuated with, he's obsessed with, he's in love with. He wants to have death babies with, um, with the living embodiment of death, and he subjugates his inner circle. I mean, he just like pushes them down to the point where he actually, um, I think he just like he tormented and. Uh, I think he turned her almost into a zombie. That is right there, the living embodiment of Gamora right there. Um, not how we know her today. Um, yeah. But uh, I think there's a scene, if I'm not mistaken, the scene that is similar to the Actually, one in... What's up? I don't think that's Gamora. I think that's... That um, no, the other one. The sister. The sister. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm always, I was thinking of the sister. That's Nebula. I apologize. Not Gamora. It's Nebula. Yeah, Nebula. Yeah, it's yeah. Nebula. That's who I was thinking of, not, um, yeah. not Gamora. Um, yeah. I was thinking of Nebula. I said, 
uh, I said Gamora because we think of Nebula as the kind of robotic kind of character. Yeah. And that, in, in, not, not done. No. Yeah, not, that's was, who I was thinking of is Nebula. Yeah. Nebula was crazy, dude. Nebula that, in that run, she was crazy. Oh, she was legitimately crazy. And that's why some people were thinking, are they going to do? Because you notice in Infinity War, of the characters that did not get snapped, two of the quote non main characters that were left were Rocket and Nebula. And so people were thinking, mm-hmm. oh, is Nebula going to be the one who reverses uh, the reverses a snap? Um, I think a bunch of really cool parts out of this. Um, I cannot remember who it was. They steal the scene of in Infinity War, Bruce Banner being thrown back to Earth. I think they steal that out yeah. of the book, if I'm not mistaken. Is it not Silver Surfer? Uh, who is it? I, don't re- I can't recall. Oh my I, it was one of the characters. I just forget how it's called. Though. I, got, I know. I, I just remember. Who, I forget it was. But yeah. they end up going to space. They fight Thanos. None of them can uh, withstand the might, the might yep. of the Mad Titan. Um, he does inevitably snap existence, half of existence out of... Uh, not, half, not half. Not half. Oh, he does. Way more does, than half. I think he does like 75. Three-fourths. Like Three-fourths. Three-fourths of this. Yeah. And we're talking about heavy hitter too. It's just like in the movie, heavy hitter of uh, of um, of characters, um, and it ended up being that Nebula was the only one that really could because they she again yeah. in the in the book Nebula is Thanos's daughter, yeah. and much like they in the movie, really abuses her. And hmm. I think he doesn't he doesn't she kind of manipulate her way because she's really not a nice person in this book either. No, no, it was um, it was it, the one of the biggest for me. One of the biggest sins that they've committed, specifically when when referencing to back to Infinity War, was not having Adam Strange. That was for me, because Adam Strange is originally supposed to be you know the uh, the Soul Gem in in, uh, in uh, Adam Warlock. Adam, yeah, Adam, Adam Warlock. Yeah, apologize. The uh, the Golden Boy of the Golden Space Jesus, basically, <clears throat> and so. They didn't have him, and he originally was supposed to fight off uh, Thanos. And so, if I remember correctly, there was a point, I think, an issue uh, like Infinity Gauntlet where where Gamora did take back, did have the Infinity Gauntlet in her hand. Yes. Because the issue like four or five, I forgot what it's called, and then she fought off Thanos. It was this huge, crazy um, diatribe. I got to go read it. I got to reread it again. I, I, I want to reread it again, too. I've been meaning to. Yeah. It was just a great, it was a good, it was. You can't go around when you got freaking George Perez and Starman doing books together. You really can't. You really can't go wrong. And th- that was definitely a set precedence. So, like, how crazy these events can get forever, dude. Like, granted, you know, DC has, you know, Final Crisis and, and you know, multi, like, multi first levels of craziness. But, like, yo, Thanos was, Thanos was on the map after Infinity War, after and- Infinity Gauntlet, dude. It was, it was a great run too of books because not only did you have, because he said the mad Titan just came out of nowhere. And um, I cannot remember what, because uh, there was, there was, there was a bunch of books. You had um, infinity war, which actually, I'm sorry, infinity war came afterwards. Um, that was in uh, uh, yeah. very next summer. And then they tried to really press it in, uh, I think it was in 93 with Infinity Crusade, which kind of, womp, womp, kind of fizzled I mean, out. You, you, yeah. 
but they did have the original introduction of Thanos actually was in a, um, oh my gosh, I can't remember what book it was. Wasn't it like a, a Blade Runner, but it was like, it was in a- No, no, no. no. It was- yeah, it was a, it was a, it was a certain some Logan's Run. Logan's Run. It was Logan's Run. It was like issue fourteen or something like that. Let me go check it real quick. It was the first issue of Thanos there, first appearance of Thanos. It was some weird offbeat book, man. That that was that was given a long time ago. I remember that Javel actually gave that away a couple of times too. Yes, so he I'm did. Like, I was this close to getting it. Um, mm-hmm. But one of his first, the Mad Titans' first real books was Thanos Quest, which came out in January of nineteen ninety. Um, and, um, it's, I actually was able to grab that two issue series right before San Diego Comic-Con, um, last year and got it signed by Ron Lim, uh, who, by the way, total cool guy. If you ever have a chance to meet Ron Lim, he's a total chill guy and, uh, almost got a really good Gwenpool book out of him for free. But, um, no, uh, before you say that, yeah, before you say Logan's run issue six. Issue six. I was thinking. I was thinking. I was thinking number. When you said fourteen, I was like, I think it's number four. But nah, no, you're right. It's number six. Yeah, yeah. But it's like so random. Like, yeah, Logan's Run yeah. book, and it's what? What? It houses, it houses the the probably the most precedent villain in all of Marvel, in all of Marvel, basically. Okay. You know, Just some one-off book. Yeah. But yeah, I, I would say the the big bad of Marvel to this day. You can make an argument for Galactus the eater of worlds, but Mm -hmm. the mad Titan Thanos has, he has everything, the brains, the bronze, the, the power, because he is, you look at him, you look at the physical embodiment of Thanos and you think this guy could go and single-handedly do this. He's freaking, he's the bad Hulk. I mean, he's can go in there and just terrorize world, but he's just like, he's a manipulator and he'll go like, you go do it. Like he, yeah. he has his minions to go do it. And then, and again, to go back to the movie side and we'll do a whole episode again in the future on the Marvel cinematic universe, Josh Brolin mm-hmm. really did do a jo- good job at, at uh, voicing and bringing Thanos to life. But, um, yeah. highly recommend any, yeah, oh, sorry, highly recommend infinity gauntlet, that whole run as well as infinity war. Yeah. But if you're looking, if you're, if you're a, a, a uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Kind of a, a kind of a. I'm not too sure about comic books. Go out and get the trade paperback of of uh, Infinity Gauntlet, and I think it will really give you like, an idea yeah. of where they were trying to go with the movies, and give you an idea yeah. of where Marvel really. Oh my gosh! Just yeah. hit their strides, and Jim Starlin, oof, so good. Let's just say the Marvel movies specifically, they made they made Thanos a pragmatic. He's pra- he's he's practical in that in the movies. In the comics, he's selfish. He's totally a totally different beast. And to segue off of that, I'll actually just kind of give a good shout out. Um, one of the, in my opinion, the better instances of like who we see Thanos as as a character, current oh, the uh, Donny Case run of Thanos. Yes, uh... he beats everyone. Thanos beats like he be like uh, I think it was issue. I think going on from issue one up to the point where like he kind of just. I think the issue they just stopped after that. Yeah, like it was, he was insane. Like he beat everybody without the Finnegal. Like uh, he he gets thrown like Thanos gets thrown into the, into the future where he meets his future self, King Thanos, and he says like, "Yeah, I beat everybody." Like, what do you mean beat everybody? I beat everybody. I beat all the Celestials. I beat all. I beat um, 
I beat all the Celestials. I beat uh, all the X-Men, all the Avengers. I beat and killed um, every, like, transmorphic being in history. I have beaten Galactus, right? They had that pivotal scene of Galactus, right? Looking like Cable, right? With a huge, heavy cloak and a gun, <laughs> right? Looking like Cable. I'm like, you got the Eater Worlds looking like Cable, dude? And like, yeah. And he beat everybody without the Infinity Gauntlet. That, that was a crazy, insane run. And which people don't realize, yeah, as Which, I say, people don't realize that, that Thanos does not need the Infinity Gauntlet to put some ass whooping yeah. down. That's because of Donny Gates. Like, uh, you, you, <laughs> I gotta love that man. Oh but yeah, my gosh, I love that man so much. Okay, so, so like, yeah, it, it, it he introduced Donny Gates and also introduced in the character Cosmic Ghost Rider, which I still kick my ass over because like I could have went to Javel. That was November. It was Kansas. It was my sister's birthday, and um. I was paying off some other stuff for her. Like, I literally could have been there two months prior, right? And said, oh, Fans 13. I like it, right? I saw this issue of, you know, of this amazing, like, variant cover of Thanos, right? Looking to Gauntlet, right? His yeah. Infinity Gauntlet. Like, oh, that's sick. That's only a 25 cup. That's only um, one for 25. I could put down money. I could put down some money for that, for that one. And I just didn't. And now that freaking cover is like a thousand dollars. I'm like, I'm kicking my ass over it. And like, the, and the regular first issue prints, right? Are like a hundred bucks, dude. For first issue, for first appearance of uh, uh, Cosmic Ghost Rider, man. So many moments where you want to kick yourself in the uh, in the butt. <sighs> um, th- just to kind of throw out, I'm, I'm going to go rapid fire on a couple of other ones because, like I said, we've done some in depth uh, on on these series, and I'll just kind of go rapid I got fire. One. Go, 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 I got go ahead. one last good one. No, no go, 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 go. No, no, no. You do you do your last good one, and then we'll we'll rapid fire. I'll do some rapid fire because I, man, yeah, I can tell. You, I got I got a list. <laughs> yeah. I, let me do let me do my quick rapid fire for me. Batman White Knight series. The White Knight series. And if that's me, not, not, that's Sean Murphy, right? Sean Gordon Murphy, another man crush for me. That might literally be that my for me, that's my Dark Knight. That's my Dark Knight returns of this of this era. For me. Yeah. Um Guy Country, Kate Kate's as well. Venom uh, current Venom run, um Extremity, which is an image comic. Um image from image comics. Uh, yeah. you know, dude, John Hickens run. Jonathan Hickman, Hickman, ah, Jonathan Hickman's run of Powers of X and House of X to bring back all the X-Men. Mwah. And But for me, I think one of the really last good ones is Deadpool Volume 4 for me. Ooh. And we, yeah, like it, we get all the zaniness in there because it's Deadpool, but like one of the uh, best commentaries of, of who Deadpool is because, you know, Deadpool is meta, super meta, you know. Um, oh, I don't uh, have any of breaking. Really? No, He's that was right before I started collecting. Yeah, this is uh, this is before the whole Secret Wars arc that came to be, and you know, Battle Worlds, where you have this crazy freaking planet where Doom is God Doom. It's crazy. It's insane. <clears throat> and then, but like before that, the Deadpool run was actually it was hitting a stride at that point. It was really hitting a stride, and the last issue of that run basically epitomizes, you know, who Deadpool is as a character. And he has his meta commentary where he, okay, just follow me on this, right? Just, just yeah. follow me because this is, this is how crazy this is. So Deadpool, issue, I think issue 24, 25, he goes and steals, uh, Thanos comes to Earth on his Thanos helicopter. What? <laughs> follow me, follow me. <laughs> Thanos comes to Earth on his Thanos helicopter, literally called the Thanos helicopter. Deadpool jumps onto it where Thanos has the Infinity Gauntlet. 
And then Deadpool steals the Infinity Gauntlet from Thanos. Who, by the way, should Thanos never out? have the Infinity Gauntlet. Deadpool should <laughs> never have it. It's, it's, it's crazy. It's so, uh, so he steals the. So Deadpool steals the Infinity Gauntlet, right? He's in New York, and he snaps his fingers, and then like he has this crazy medical commentary of like, oh, you know what? It's the last issue for me right now. So I'm going to have everybody in the Marvel universe come and see my, my comedy club. And so it's the, yeah, it's the roast of Deadpool. Oh my it is the God. Roast of, it's the roast Deadpool where everybody roasts him while he roasts everybody. So you have everybody that came, that ever came into existence of the Marvel comics and they're all lying this whole thing and he, they're roasting Deadpool. And then Deadpool gets super serious. Like, uh, people are just continuing laughing and figuring yeah. out, like, you know, you, ha- you have Cyclops and you have uh, Wolverine, who is crazy enough, you know, just a couple issues prior, they died, <laughs> right, in the, in the Marvel continuity because um, what's called Avengers, uh, Avengers versus X-Men with Phoenix Force happened at that time. Yeah. And so people died. Yeah, no, you had uh, Professor X. He was there, but he died. <clears throat> and so he brings everyone together and they all just start laughing at Deadpool because he's being honest about his life. Like, oh, yeah, you know, yeah, you guys can just roast me all you want because, you know, the government took away my kids and I can't have a happy life and I can't have all this. And they're just laughing and laughing and laughing at him. And he looks at you, the, uh, the, um, the, com- the reader, and goes, you're the reason why I'm this way. You. I can't be happy because you need me to be sad. I'm always be- I'll always be depressed because you need me to be that way. I can't have my kid because of you. And then he throws on the gauntlet. Everybody, he, he snaps back in time in, in the Thanos helicopter to give his gauntlet back to him, right? And so this is Thanos after... helicopter. <laughs> I forgot about that. He's so stupid. <laughs> and, and so, um, and someone, uh, this was during the contingency time where two worlds will collide with each other. So the Marvel 616 is going gonna, is gonna to collide with um, Ultimate Marvel, right? Yeah, yeah. Universe, they're going to collide with each other. <clears throat> and so... One of Thanos, one of Deadpool's last moments was basically, you know, him hugging his kid on a on a on a pool on a on a on a, uh, a jet or not jet a uh, a boat basically this huge yacht. Yeah. And he's like, okay, I'm just I'm just gonna spend it with the time with the people I love because this is literally the only time I'll have it. This is the only time you'll let me, right? He he sees you as the reader. This is the only time you let me, and the only moment in time he has it when the world fucking collides into each other. To me, that was super poignant because it's, it's crazy in a commentary of like, Deadpool will never be happy because you don't like when he's happy. Bo- the book is boring when he's happy. Yeah. And that's how like it's transitioned into volume five where he has now all this money before and he's part of, he's bankrolling the Avengers. <laughs> and it was, it was cool to me because like your Deadpool was always a character I read for, especially when he was down the dumps and he was this crazy meta commentary character where he just talked about issues it's and i love that i loved it dude. um you know we we, we kind of hit on kind of a couple of mine because like i said i i really enjoyed civil war t- uh the, the original civil war i wanted to kind of throw it out there and we kind of hit on it a yeah. little bit already um just really cool and it kind of um it, it does kind of bring into current um kind of like um the word i'm looking for it really kind of brings into current what's going on in the world about we need to have certain aspects of authority in check yeah, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. that 
not there shouldn't be so much power being given up given around and again the social commentary on civil war one really really good um and really yeah. can kind of that and don't don't take this be to be a um slant either way a political slant i'm not, I'm not gonna sit here and say i'm a anti-cop person or anything but i'm just saying is that there are certain aspects that certain power needs to be put into check and it, yeah. and whatnot so really at its core the social commentary of, of civil war one really really good um and i think they had a, a really fun time with it in the movie version um yeah. but I, again i really enjoyed avengers versus x-men i think we could probably do a whole episode on that i thought that was really really fun yeah i think it, it gets dumped on uh because people are like oh is this kind of like the Avengers, some people go like, oh, the Avengers should have just wiped the floor with the X-Men. Some people say the X-Men should have just wiped the floor. I think that's what's kind of cool about it. They tell a good story about the Phoenix Force. Um, but really kind of a rapid fire, some really good books that you should go out there that kind of are not off the cuff. People know that I'm a Gwenpool fan. So yeah, Unbelievable Gwenpool was a lot of fun, but I'll leave that to the side. A lot of uh, really cool books to go read. JR, you hit on it earlier. The um, Spider-Man Deadpool series has been yep. absolutely amazing. I, I think it's actually finally did end after, I think it was after 50 issues. An amazing, so, yeah. amazing series. Um, the Deadpool versus books have all yep. been really, really fun. Uh, highly yep. recommend Deadpool versus Old Man Logan. Uh, Deadpool versus was, Black Panther funny. was so good and so yeah. witty. And it's again, a good a breath of fresh air. But if you want to get into like some... I'm sorry. I, I like Deadpool versus Gambit. That one was a funny one for uh, me, man. I, I love that. That one was a good one for me. I do. I, I, I do want to get to that one. Um, I, I kind of missed the boat on that one. Yeah. Um, Deadpool versus Punisher was actually really good. It told yeah. a good story. Um, and all of the Deadpool kills books, Deadpool kills the Marvel universe. Deadpool kills the Marvel universe again. Um, Deadpool kills Deadpool. I mean, that all those books it really goes to show you the mental state of Wade Wilson and mm -hmm. his dealing with his inner demons and what he has to deal with his, what he knows, you know, obviously mm -hmm. he, his, his meta fourth wall breaking, he knows where, that he exists in this, but he also is a character that deals with mental illness as well as physical oh, yeah. illness. Um, I mean, but, he talks to his speech bubbles. He he talks to his speech bubbles. So, it's so yeah. great. It's so great. And just to so show much. you that this is not a complete hate train of Brian Michael Bendis, I will I will say this till the day I die. Arguably one of the best written series ever. Period was Alias. Um, so yeah. good. Brian Michael Bendis writing. Michael Gatos doing the, 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 the artwork inside and David freaking Mac, the cover work mwah, to steal one from JR. You cannot go wrong. All of them just, this is where, this is a book where everyone was on their A game and it's just from beginning to again, told the story of a character that had never been introduced before, but introduces her in a way that makes you think like, Hey, how come I've never heard of this Jessica Jones character before? Like, I just like, what, what, where did she make her first debut? I'm like, no issue. Number one, alias number one, that's her first appearance of Jessica Jones. And people go like, Brian does a great job 
at just throwing her out there, but making you think, yeah. oh, this character's existed for decades. And yep. he did the same thing with Miles Morales, did a great job. But Bendis and Gatos tell a story. They work so well off of each other, yep. so beautifully done. Uh, the book came out in uh, November of 2001. Um, you talk about a rough, rough era to deal with a character like the Purple Man, um, who is essentially a, essentially not a terrorist that we know him as, but such an evil character that yeah. just is, I mean, un, uh, unbelievably evil to deal with the, the, in that era where we don't need a lot of bad guys, especially really dark, evil, bad guys. We, you know, we need, we need some fun and frivolity. Uh, we need some campiness and Brian Michael Bendis took, went, you know, I got to imagine he probably looked at when that book came out. I, I mean, we're talking about a month after or two months after nine yeah. 11 and Oh, just, he, he did good. So good. It's a 28 issue uh, run. So good, worth the buy. I got lucky a couple of years ago that Chick had the entire run for a really good price, and I got it. And I've had the ability to get David Mack to sign most of the books. But uh, I know that was going to be my quick hitter, but I kind of I had to go on that one. Ah, good. Um, another one you mentioned, and it made me think. Um, I'll go rapid fire on this one. Um, all new, all different. Um, Ghost Rider. Um, maybe yeah. that's not. And that's not the it was movie. the uh, Robbie Reyes Ghost Rider. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, the Ghost Rider. Let me see if I can bring it up in my CLZ books here. Uh, all yeah. new Ghost All new Ghost Rider, which comes off the heels of Ghost Rider um, Volume Seven, um, is the actual number of it. So, Ghost Rider Number Seven is a short series written by Felipe Smith, who, by the way, another cool guy that I met. Highly recommend that. And then yeah. all new Ghost Rider, both of them are the Robbie Reyes. I'm sorry, take that back. All new Ghost Rider was first. That came out in May of 2014. And then Ghost Rider Volume 7 was the follow up yeah. series. And that one got cut off due to budget constraints. Yeah. Was, really unfortunate. Was really it was really yeah. good. Uh, but all new Ghost Rider, highly recommend that came out in May of 2014. Felipe Smith, good writer, also good artist too. Um, yeah. so again, those are my two rapid fires, ghost rider, ghost rider, uh, yeah. or all new ghost rider, ghost rider. And, uh, and Jessica Jones alias, what you got, bud? For me, Oh, I already said my stuff, man. Extremity. Like we gotta oh, have, yeah. we gotta have, um, we gotta have the issue. We gotta have a, a, uh, an episode where we just talk about like, I would love to talk about just nothing but like indie indie esque yeah. titles, right? Not a part of the, not a part of just Marvel and DC, even though image technically is part of the big three now, like there's still, I, for me, the only runs that can ever like even hit in anywhere near Marvel's numbers was of course Walking Dead and Saga. Yeah. And after that one, maybe maybe Savage Dragon here and there, but like after, other than that, man, it's just this revolving door of like just, you know, constant artists and creators just trying to just do their run and just get out. Which is cool. And so I would love to do an episode where we just, you know, see where some of the really, really good like, you know, image comics slash indie comics that have been out. But yeah, for me, Guy Country, for me, God Country, Donnie Cates. That's where that's like one of the first things that came out. God Country one, Extremity from the man 
for my like one of my personal legends, man, Daniel Warren Johnson. I love his art style. He both he has written he has written and drawn that freaking thing, dude. I love his art style, dude. Um, what else? Uh, yeah, I already said again. Powers Powers of X, House of X, anything from, anything basically from John Hickman right now. I love that run. Um, and then another good one, which is supposed to be hopefully going to be a movie, is called um, oh, what is it called, dude? No, There's it is a. There's so many properties oh, getting bought up right now. Yeah, it it was basically. Oh, I gotta find it now. Oh, it's gonna bother me. It's it's an it's an image run comic where a guy gets was going to kill himself, but then um he is saved by a demon. And in order for him to live, in order for him to live, right? Because he kind of had second thoughts about you know committing suicide. Like he uh, this demon saved him, but he, in order for him to live day by day, he has to kill one person. Oh shoot. And, yeah, man, it's bothering me now, dude. I should have found that one. That was the same for, um, for a second there. I was thinking that was um, I can't think of the name of the Marvel series. There's a Marvel guy that was the same way. He's like, he's a serial killer, but he goes to like a shrink or something like that. And oh, like, oh, yeah, you're talking about you're talking about um, uh, Moon Knight. No, 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 Moon Knights. Oof, we could do a whole there episode on Moon Knight. I cannot yeah. wait for that. I cannot wait for that series to come oh. out. Oh my gosh. I want to know who they're going to oh. cast. I want to know who they're going to oh. cast as, as Steven's. Uh, was it? No, Mark Spector. Yeah. Uh, Spector. Do, you got a, do you got a mail call or a pull list this week? I, 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 dude, my pull list was my wife's birthday present. She got uh, the Mighty Thor issue number 412, which was nice. the yeah. appearance of the New Warriors. Um, mm. and she also got a really cool variant cover from a Thor run from the mid 2000, uh, mid teens of 2000. Um, so they shout out to chick for the cool birthday present. Yeah. Um, I do have I, a mail. I, did get my... okay. I, say, I do have a mail call, uh, place a little eBay order. I had to get a, a part from my, uh, for my car. So I figured why well, not buy a little couple of little books. Um, no. One of the, I think what we'll do, we'll have to do an artist, like an artist only uh, episode. Yeah. Um, yeah Absolutely. I've really become a fan of this artist because she dare really, I mean, to, to use a, a, a cheesy phrase, dares to be different. And that is Marie Levette, who is best known for doing the artwork for Faithless and Heartbeat. Oh. Um, and here is one of her early books from Black Mask Comics. Talk about a, a really obscure um, uh, indie cover, but this is the book, the issue called uh, "There's Nothing There." This is issue number three. Um, just Ooh, really kind of cool cover. Cool. And again, her style is very unmistakable. And then okay. um, you can kind of tell the um, what she likes to draw. And, um, <laughs> And here's issue number four of There's Nothing There. Uh, uh, borderline yeah. NSFW. Uh, yeah. But again, Maria, and really cool with the fans too. Um, obviously, uh, I believe she lives over, I don't think she necessarily, I think she lives somewhere over in Europe. I don't think it's France, but I, I know that um, she lives over in Europe and does not do the con scene um, oh, here yeah. in the U.S., which is really unfortunate because I'd love to meet her and get some books signed and, and really kind of pick yeah. her brain on, on what she does. But again, if you're a fan of that kind of artwork, I highly recommend faithless um, yeah. heartbeat. And there was another book and I can't remember what it was. Um, and all those obviously a uh, faithless number issue or volume two. 
but she's done a, a, yeah. a handful of books and I've, I've had a chance to pick them up. And again, she okay. just, again, mail call hashtag. Uh, I'll have some stuff posted hopefully on Instagram sometime this week. I'm way behind on posting. Uh, but did you have a, a mail call or? I do actually. Oh, and it's also just to kind of piggyback off what I said earlier. I found the book. It's called Killer Be Killed from Image Comics. Killer Be Killed. Okay. Yeah, yeah, dude. That that one, I I loved it so much, dude. It's so it's a, it's a twenty issue run. It came out in twenty sixteen. I have like, okay. yeah, I have three issues. I have three uh three issues of of issue one. No, three copies of issue one. Yeah. So yeah, it's uh, it's supposed to be coming out. It it got bought up like a while ago. And it's supposed to be coming out, hopefully on Netflix or something like that, but then the property were made. So I'm I'm hoping they pull off some good stuff for that one. But yeah, I got a mail call on. I, I, not mail call, but like I got my, my pull in. I got a lot of stuff I'm kind of sorting through. But the big ones. Ooh. The big you know, ones when, that I got. It's a big actually, one from JR. It's, it's a big. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so this is the first one. Oh, you can't see because I got glare. Man. Let me see. This is a, um, I think, I forgot her name. I try to get that glare out of here. But let me try. It. There you uh, go. Her? It's 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 a Lucy Prio. Oh man, how do I do this one? Let me just take this light off. <laughs> the the uh, the uh, the downside of. Yeah, I know. I, I, I try to get. I, I think we we've kind of gotten the the gist yeah. of it. Yeah, I can't really show too much of it because all that. But yeah, it's Lucy Prio. It's um, chastity, chastity one or it's I forget what it's called. And then uh, let me try to make. My my screen darker. Maybe that's the reason why the glare is there. There you go. There you go. Negan oh, lives. you suck! Oh, the silver man. version. I got Wait. to the I got to the store at like eleven fifteen on Wednesday, uh-huh. and they uh-huh. were gone. Not one issue. Uh huh. Oh, you're oh, the one. You got the goal, dude. That thing is skyrocketing right now dude yeah I've, I've been actually trying to scour right yeah, yeah. the valley uh, i went to um i went to of course chicken devils comics on them and then i went uh yeah i went to comics on them and then i tried checking um uh, i tried calling uh interstellar interstellar he didn't get his stuff yeah, he didn't get his stuff in dude and that guy i, I feel so to, bad for, the, for that guy um yeah, man. Don't let that, by the way, don't let that be a, a, a hindrance. He's had a rough couple of months, um, you know, just yeah, bought that store this, this year and yeah, really and truly it. diamond and whoever delivers diamond to him has really kind of screwed him over. But, but dude, please go support interstellar comics. Need, that dude needs some, some love. Elber and Palm Springs. Yeah, oh, yeah. Here we are, dude. Yeah. And if you ask nicely, if you, if you don't feel comfortable going out shopping, if if you put in a decent enough order with him, like he'll he'll hook you up. You can bring out to the car. Yeah. Um, also, um, I went to um, Desert Oasis. George was there, and they had they had their copies there. I should have gone. I should have ran over there, but I was. I only had a, a certain amount of time to. Uh, yeah. To uh, to, to go out shopping. Yeah, it, it was. Uh, I saw the prices. Right, I, I got a really good price from uh from Chick and from Chick Shop. Right, really good price. Right. And then I went to to George's place, right? Yep. Because originally I was supposed to, I was supposed to pick this up for somebody else, right? You know who? <laughs> I was supposed to pick it up for someone else. Like, no, nah, I'll just keep it now, right? I went to George's place, dude. Double what I paid. Jeez. And I get it though, because I see online like, yeah, I got it for way cheaper. <laughs> I beat it for way cheaper. Yeah, 
Um, those my those are my um, my mail calls. I got some other stuff here, but let me see. Wait, 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 wait. Here we go. Uh, y'all, y'all know how big of a Venom fan I am, right? Of course. And the current DC, the current Donny Cates run, right? So I was just pulling this stuff out because I'm gonna send this to CGC. And first issue of Null, right? Ooh. Right, first issue Null. I remember when that issue came out. Wasn't there a there wasn't there a um, alternate cover of Uncopies. it? Oh, dude, those are going for crazy now too. Actually, yeah, yeah. I think it was a. If, I think if I you picked have. up the third, yeah, dude. If you picked up the third, uh, the third print ring, the, it's uh, it's Venom, volume three, four, no, volume three, issue three, the C cover, second printing or third printing, right? That's that has Null on his throne. That's going for like just a raw going for like 150 bucks right now, dude. It's well, there was, there was, yeah, there was that one, but there was, because that book that you have is, is that number seven that you just showed? Uh, three. Okay. There was a book that came out, I think it's issue number seven of volume four. Mm -hmm. Um, that has uh, a, a, we had no idea, but there was, and I'll, let me pull up real quick and, I'll, and we'll, we'll wrap things up here real quick. Um, let me bring that up here. This is the book that I'm talking about. Uh, boom, hit share. That is the book. Oh, yeah. And there mm -hmm. were two versions of it. There was one like this, yeah. and then there was one where the tongue isn't hanging out. And I think... No, no, the... the no, that's the one. Uh, the the regular one was the tongue not hanging out, and that's the that's the variant right there. That's the variant, and that's the variant. Yeah. Well, see, that's the thing is, nobody knew this. Even Javel didn't know, and so yeah. I was interning at the shop, and they just had there was about three or four issues like this sitting on the shelf, not even special stickered or anything, just sitting on the mm -hmm. shelf because no one knew because they just quickly back because it, it's just so just so slightly different. And mm -hmm. I remember there was only like one or two left. I think, I think, she, I think it was like, I think they had 12 issues and half of them were um, one half or the other, but they look, they look similar, but I think I said the tongue's out on one, the tongue's not on the other. And the tongue was the really hard to find variant. Yeah. So I went over and I grabbed one and bought it real quick. And then it was funny was Javel called and said, go grab all the Venom books off the shelf right now. Don't sell anymore until I figure this out. And so we went and grabbed them. Mm -hmm. I think there was one or two left of the, the, the odd variant and he had to re-sticker them. And so there was a couple of people that got away with some steals, self-included. Self yeah. So, but uh, yeah. Um, if you guys have any other ideas of stuff that you want us to cover, um, we look forward to any recommendations. We wanted to kind of keep this one a, a little uh, short and sweet, but we went slightly over our budgeted uh, time frame. But eh, who cares? We had fun telling you guys about some cool books, um, mm. and uh, I hope we informed you guys on stuff that will help you get into uh, reading some books that maybe they're important, but don't go in don't go in with low expectations. <laughs> but <laughs> um, uh, yeah, anyways. Uh, I had fun doing this again. This is not a hate. Uh, I know we call it the hate train, but it's not, we're not hating on anybody. Uh, you know, Brian Michael Bendis, you know, every writer has some hits and misses. 
Um, we talked mm -hmm. about, you know, Jason Aaron is not a perfect writer. Nick Spencer, not a perfect writer. Um, you know, there's, there are a lot of times they're, they write the best they can with subject matters that are just, that just, they don't work. Um, yeah. The great Donnie Cates maybe doesn't hit a home run every single time. Uh, JR was going to go like, don't you dis disrespect the great name. No, there, there were some stuff that you didn't, yeah. But Stan Lee that, didn't yeah. hit, didn't strike gold every single time. Um, yeah. So anyways, um, if you guys have any recommendations, leave them in the comments below, hit us up on social media uh, and uh, let us what you know, what you want us to cover. And uh, maybe we will do some more independent stuff and whatnot in the future. But uh, yeah, I think that that about wraps us up again. Hope you guys had a great uh, 4th of July weekend and I mm -hmm. uh, hope everyone was safe and whatnot on uh, this independence uh, weekend. And uh, anything else to wrap us up there, uh, Mr. JR? Uh, no, 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 necessarily guys. Thank you again very much as always for just supporting the podcast, supporting us, man. And just thank you for all the likes and all the, um, all the comments y'all make good or bad, man. We've been, we've taken everything in guys. Thank you very much. Continue to support us guys. I do know that we want to talk about more of this stuff, man. I would love to do a image specific yeah. podcast where we talk about all the great stories from there. But yeah, other than that, man, uh, we're cool. We're, yeah. we're Yahtzee right now, bro. All right, man. This, again, one last time. This is Dark King, a.k.a. Uh, J.R. Kapakuman, a.k.a. Dark King. And that is? I am the voice of reason, Kevin Pillow. And again, give us your comments below, what you like, what you dislike. We'll read them uh, if we get some comments below. But other than that, have a great uh, – have a great week, and we will see you next week with more P.S. Comics. I love you. Hmm.